This episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get your free trial by going to audibletrial.com slash four orbs. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from on multiple portable devices. If you're looking for something to listen to while waiting for that four orbs episode to release, check out Audible. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash four orbs for your free trial. Last time, four orbs. Um, I would like to maybe walk down the, the mine shaft a little further. Okay. Just to see if I can see anything. Okay. So you all kind of set up a camp as much as you can inside of this corridor. Everybody but Felomir kind of like huddles together around Dorth, basically. And then Felomir, you're going to push forward to see, kind of do like a little scouting. I'm going to look ahead a little bit, yeah. So at the exit of this corridor, you see what looks to be like a quarry inside of a mine. And you see, as you get closer to it, that this texture change looks like some sort of vine. I mean, you have dark vision and you don't have the green light right now at all. So it's really just like a a weird dark gray. It's pulsing. I want to cut off a chunk of this vine. And then you hear this. gonna run <laughs> so you run back to your group uh-huh all right you run back to your group we see him run like he the the vision comes back from the light source and the kia kilnar coming back uh, guys what is it uh you remember that noise the noise that those dogs were making back at the the temple yeah yeah i heard it uh, what do you mean you heard it and i found this <laughs> and you have a you have this as you kind of show it to everybody you realize like it's very limp and it's almost like um like a very large piece of intestine Gross. and like just this liquid is still kind of like pouring out of it a little bit like dripping out of it what is that i don't know i thought it was a vine but i'll uh i'll draw my weapons and walk like forward a little bit past uh Philomir okay and say are you did they follow you i don't know uh. Doroth, the pain that you still feel from your leg is awful Hey, hey, buddy. What did you do to me? Oh, we fixed your leg, for one. I'll like, <laughs> grab my weapons and jump up. <laughs> oh, 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 Doris. Just, just calm down. Don't, really shouldn't be yelling. My hip. I can't move. Well, a good thing we got this minecart hooked up for you. Yeah, check it out. I'll, like, roll it up to him. <laughs> <laughs> Next time on Pimp My Ride. <laughs> You, you did this for me? Yeah. Gotta keep the pressure. Gotta keep the weight off that busted leg for a while. Felomir leads you down the corridor. Okay, well, I can't uh, see very well, and this all seems very sketchy. Well, where was the, the thing that you saw? Oh, it's right there. I think we should keep going this way, to the left. I don't know what's over there, but okay. Well, it's not where you heard that noise. Very true. There's a main track that leads into the next room. It also kind of bends out to each table throughout this room. As we do, I want to like look into the the carts, the carts okay. in the room. Pretty much every table, the left cart, there is just a bunch of stone and rubble. On the right side in some of them, there are small amounts of like chunks of shiny ore. Mm-hmm. You pick up one of the pieces of ore 
and it weighs roughly 10 pounds in your hand. Wow, it looks, looks like this is some of that iridarium after it's been mined. Some of that iridarium. Oh, really? I fell in there. How much is, is this stuff worth? Uh, I have no idea. It hadn't been seen in quite some time apart from the small mine on Lathansis. We're rich! But before you make it around the bend completely, you hear a snarling sound. Was that the sound you heard earlier? Something like that. You peek around the corner and you see three creatures on four legs sniffing at the at a large foundry. I reach for the ore, one of the oars, and throw it over their heads, like behind them. Okay, give me a ranged attack. Uh, fifth, uh wait, yeah, fifteen. So you take this ore and you just chunk it kind of like a grenade across the room and it hits like the foundry itself and breaks into pieces and they turn around quickly back to it and scamper away to it. Okay, I'm just gonna like jerk my head and just like start lightly jogging. <laughs> All right, so you'll start to push out of the room and you make it back to the quarry. I'm gonna say we keep moving along this wall, along the cliff now. Yeah, I, this looks like a dead end. You make your way back to the cliff, and you start walking the opposite direction of which you came along the cliff. The quarry is down the bottom of the cliff, and you push forward. The cliff wraps around the quarry completely, and Felomir, a familiar sight comes into view. You see those living vines that were pulsating before. You're approaching them from the other side. What is what is this stuff? Is it? This looks kind of like that thing you cut off, Felomir. Are we gonna be all right? I think so. I mean, these are these are the the vines that I saw earlier. The vines cover the cliffside almost completely where you're at. There's a widened out area on this cliff that is covered in these thick, dark vines. You can barely see the hint of stone underneath as you're walking on top of them. They don't seem to react in any way as you walk on top of them. There is a set of stairs that's leading down into the quarry from this angle. And as you're looking at these oddly placed vines, give me perception checks. Can I see? We're going to say no to that. Well, I thought he propped himself up. He's, he's, oh, yeah, you he's are, got arms on the sides Yeah, now. You're, you're boosted up to where your okay. arms are. It's like, like a Disney so yeah. ride. So, yeah, you should be able to do it. Right. It's a small world. <laughs> Fuck you. 20. <laughs> Crit. 24. 19. 10. 25. Pretty much everyone sees it. The vines are also growing up the walls on the cliff. And as you are reviewing the scene with your eyes, you see two of those dog-like creatures hiding within the vines on the wall. They both jump down to attack. The dogs pounce down into the open of the widened area. First up is Astra. Oh no, <laughs> no pressure. Assuming I was in the back behind Kath, um, 
I'm going to step forward um, so I'm not, you know, going to hit anybody. Are they in close proximity to each other? They're about, they're about 10 feet from each other and about 20 feet from you. Okay. I am, you said 10 feet from each other? Yes. I'm going to cast Fireball. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Okay, so yeah. What's your spell DC? Uh, I'm losing d20s. Uh, 12. And they take half damage whenever... Half on a successful one. Okay, so they both succeeded. Oh, half damage. So 8d6. 12 plus 14. 26 damage. All right. Half damage will be 13. The fireball explodes in between the two dogs, pushing, but they did successfully save, so they dodged to the left and right of your fireball, pushing them a little bit further out, and they take 13 damage each after Astra is Keth. All right. So I'm going to charge in towards whichever one is closest towards us. Uh, I'm going to use my shield master feet to shove as a bonus action and try to shove him down, first of all. All right, Keth, you rush in. Give me that roll. 19. All right. that Wait, it's against his uh, strength. Athletics. 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 Crit miss. Nice. All right, so he's prone now. He is definitely prone. Cool. I'm going to smash him in the face two times. All right. With advantage because he's prone. (laughs) All right, so that first one is going to be a 27. That's a hit. Second one is going to be a 20. That's a hit. Eight on the first one, seven on the second one. It's 15 damage total. You take your mace and you just pulverize this dog with two giant hits. And then he's still kind of living, but he's definitely not wanting to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So we saw Keth just rush in and just start bullying this guy. <laughs> just push him down and just. No, no, no. <laughs> Finch, you're up. Okay. Um, I guess I'll uh, put Hunter's Mark on the other one. Okay. And I'll use my crossbow to take two shots. Perfect. First one is a crit miss. Second one is a crit. What the fuck? (laughs) Interesting. All right. Um, (laughs) So we're going to say that on a crit miss with this one, the bolt flies just directly into the wall and just kind of destroys itself. So you lose another bolt. Uh, for the crit, give me a d20 roll. 11. You get an extra dice on your critical roll. So you 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 normally, a normal critical would be that you'd roll a d8 and another d8. Mm-hmm. So now you're adding another dice. Okay. All right. So this will be... Follow me or pay attention to all of this. <laughs> this will be 3d8 for the crit. That's with my... Uh, you're counting like the Colossus Slayer too? Nope. Okay. That's 3d8 with the crit. Okay. And then another d8 for the Colossus Slayer. And then a D6 for Hunter's Mark. All right, here we go. Uh, that is 27 damage. Nice. All right. That's a big hit. That uh, second bolt flies directly into the dogs, like abdomen area and sticks, and then you see it like kind of sizzle and then fall out again. Cool. After Finch's Felomir. Uh, both these dogs are living still? Yes. I will shoot two Eldritch Blasts. At the one that Finch just shot. Okay. It's a 19 and a 14. Those, uh, the first one hits. Three damage. Three damage? <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so following up Finch's devastating hit, 
You send an Eldritch Blast straight at him, hoping to hit that wounded spot, but you miss just a little to the left, and you see it kind of like take the impact really nicely and kind of holds its ground against it. After Felomir is Doroth. I'm not going to do anything. All right. I mean, you can hold your turn. Is there someone after me? The dogs. I'm going to hold my turn. All right. Uh, the dog that you shot, Finch, rushes right at you and attacks you with a bite and a claw. I'm going to use cutting words. Okay. That is a D8. I think so. All right. Crazy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's solid. <laughs> Thank you. All right. That's a minus three. So that'll be a 21 still. And like damage? Attack. Is that against your AC? My AC is 15. So it hits. And then the claw also hits with a 26. My words did nothing. I also need you to do a strength save. 10. He bites onto your left arm and like you can feel it like kind of lock. Like he like, it's like a pit bull's jaw that kind of just locks in place and holds. So you're going to have to get out of that somehow to shoot your boat on the next round. He does eight damage with the bite and then nine damage with the claw. So that's a total of 17 damage. Keth, the dog that you knocked prone gets up and attempts to, uh, or it gives you an opportunity attack. Cool. 12. That's a miss. So he like kind of sidesteps it and then tries to jump and bite at you as well. What's your AC? 17. That's a nine for the bite and a eight for the claw. So you just kind of like take the pounce that he does with your shield and he just kind of hold, like hits it directly and kind of clamps onto it. And then you just shove him off of it and he's just standing in front of you now. Cool. Uh, we're back at the top of the order, which is going to bring us back to Astra. If I use, if I were to use shocking grasp on the dog that has its uh, teeth and finch, would that relate a finch? I'm going to say it will, but it's going to, I'm going to give Finch like a constitution save against it before it actually hits him. So like the dog would not get a constitution save because it's a spell attack, but I'm going to say it's a constitution save for Finch to not be electrocuted as well for the fun of, you know, the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, would it be better to do a ray of frost? Or... Yeah, I mean, a ray of frost would not affect Finch unless you actually hit him with the okay. frost. I'll, I'll do a ray of frost. Hey, I want to use Bardic Inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good choice. Get him! <laughs> Twelve. Don't forget Inspiration if you want to use it. I don't know if you have any. No, I do not, I guess. Twelve! That is a miss. The uh, ray of frost just kind of shoots right overhead and hits some of the vines and kind of frosts some of the vines. You can see them kind of decay a little bit and uh, they break, and then you hear a growl in the distance. Whoops. <laughs> I'm going to sink a little lower <laughs> into the cart. Geth, you're up. All right, so uh, we're on this cliff side. Which side are the... The cliff is on the right of you, but it's not just a cliff. The stairs that go down into the quarry are also on that side. Okay, so it's by where I am. Yes. Okay. This guy's looking pretty beat up, right? Yeah, he's looking pretty beat up. Right, I'll just go ahead and finish him off. Well, okay. First of all, I'm going to uh, shield bash him, trying to knock him down again. Okay. 17. 15, so you're good. Cool. You knock him prone. 27. 
27 to hit. 26. That's a hit. Uh, 7 for the first one. And ooh, 11 for the second one. All right, 18 damage. Uh, he is barely holding on to life as you hit him like in the head once with the mace, and then you follow it up with like hitting him right in the like beak of his mouth to where it seems like you kind of break the skin a little bit, and you can see like bone almost kind of splinter and cave in on his on his snout. Finch, your turn. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to kind of reach into my quiver, okay, with my good hand, and I'm going to try and stab the silver into this dog and then break it off inside of him. Okay, cool. And if I, if I can get to the wound I've already created for ease, then I would like to do that too. We'll do a dagger with disadvantage because there's no grip on it. Okay. So you'll do a melee attack with a plus six. And you want me to do disadvantage? 14. That's a miss. Sweet. You take a bolt and you just kind of stab at it, but you do get an extra attack, so you can do that again. I'd love to. It's going to be even worse. Well, then, if it's worse, then you miss. I missed. You try to stab at it twice, and you do, like, kind of hit it, but, like, you just don't break the skin on it. You don't have enough, like, strength and grip on the dagger, on, on the bolt to mm-hmm. treat it as a impaling weapon, basically. And you got that dog on you, and that's kind of... Yeah. <laughs> Making things a little tougher. Yeah. Uh, after Finch's Felomir. Yeah, I'm going to shoot two Eldritch Blasts at the dog that's on Finch. All right, cool. That's an 11 and a 20. 20 hits. 10 damage. You push your palm forward, shooting two Eldritch Blasts out of your hand, Felomir. One of them goes straight over and hits like the wall, but the other one just hits the like the, the rear end of the dog, basically kind of whipping him around. Uh, give me a constitution save, Finch. 10. You uh, hold fast and kind of like deal with the pain that the dog is now whipping with your arm. Uh, and you don't take any damage. But you could have possibly taken more damage. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) After Felomir is Doroth. I will hold my sunken position in the cart and hold my turn. Cool. Uh, The dog that's on you, Keth, uh, stands back up, giving you an opportunity attack. Bitch, sit back down. 23. (laughs) (laughs) You do successfully hit him. Give me the damage. 10. Oh, sorry, 7. Excuse me. 7 damage? 7 damage. Um, and you just you basically hit him as he's standing back up, and he kind of falls back down a little bit, but then he pounces at your legs, trying to bite and claw you again. 15? Nope. 10. Nope. Finch, uh, while he's biting onto your arm, he's going to try and claw you. Uh, this is going to give him advantage because he's basically holding on to you. That's going to be a 24 for the claw. For nine damage. About to just fall down and lay there for a while <laughs> until someone <laughs> saves me. <laughs> All right, so we're back at the top of the order, Astra. So we've got one next to... One that's clamped on to Finch. The other one that Keth is just knocking back to the ground over and over. <laughs> okay, and that one is like... Totally handled. Hanging on by Yeah, he's, he's barely hanging on, basically. How, uh, how damaged is the other one? Uh, also very damaged, but he does not seem to want to let go of Finch. Okay. I'm going to do Shocking Grasp. Okay. I never do anything melee. Let's so. do it. So, so you run up attack. to the dog and try to do a uh, grab onto him with a Shocking Grasp. Give me that spell attack. 18. Give me a constitution save. 
Finch. Is that a... Okay, gotcha. 19. All right, so you successfully hold against that shocking grasp as it surges through the dog's body, Finch. And now we're going to wait for Astra's damage. Six. Six damage. So, Astra, you run up to the dog and you just... Push your put your hands like six inches away and just lightning spreads from your fingers and onto the dog, and uh, you see it surge throughout its like hide on its body. Uh, I'm gonna actually give it a strength save to that. No, a con save to that to let go of Finch or not. What's your spell DC? I got a fourteen. Twelve. Twelve. He succeed. He successfully holds on to Finch's arm. Gath, your turn. All right. Can I rotate without provoking an attack of opportunity? Yes. All right, so I'm going to rotate to where his back is against the cliffside, and I'm going to shove him with my shield, or my, uh, to be more accurate, my crocka, crocka of shit. Crocka shit. Turkadile. buckler. And I'm going to try to shove him off, because maybe I can shove him back 10 feet or prone. Okay, let's do it. I got a nine. Damn it. Eight. <laughs> so close. Uh, so you try to push against him and he holds steady. All right. I'll go ahead and attack him. Okay. 10, 20. 20 hits. Nine. All right. So you rotate around the dog and uh, he's like biting at your buckler the whole time. And then you push against him and he like clamps onto the buckler and holds like pushes back against you and then to get him off the buckler you hit him once in the back with like the staff of the mace and he lets go and doing no damage to him and then you hit him like once across like the side of his head with like a side swipe and he just falls limp onto the ground yeah all right so after kath is finch okay um especially since he doesn't have any reactions right now what if i were to like try to get on top of him on the ground would that give me any sort of advantage so you want to like fall on top of him basically and try and like almost pin him down yeah like in a full mount it could probably hurt you more than it would hurt him you think because your hand's going to be in the teeth of his mouth the whole time because he's lock jawed onto your forearm okay well i don't want to hurt myself more Try to stab him with that bolt. It's not. That's a bad what I was idea. gonna do. I was just gonna do that when hoping by putting him on the ground would give me take away the disadvantage roll. Oh, if I have him pinned under me, I'm gonna say because he's got you pinned, basically. Yeah, you would not get advantage in that okay. situation. All right. Well, then yeah, I'll just keep on. <laughs> get him off me. Get him. All right. Um. So first one's a twelve. That's a miss. That's gonna be even worse. <laughs> All right. All right. So you uh, take the bolt and you try to stab at him, and you're hitting him, but you're just not piercing the skin because you like every time you hit it, like it slides up your hand more because you're just the grip of that bolt is just not strong enough. Um, after Finch is Felomir again, I will continue to barrage him with some blasts. Okay. It's an eighteen and an eleven. Uh, the eighteen hits. Six damage. That's enough. You shoot one Eldritch Blast out with one hand and one with the other. The force of the blast pushes out of your hand and hits the the dog right on the left side of his body. And it just takes him kind of limp. And he's just he's still limp and he's not moving, but that lock jaw is still holding on to Finch. But he's dead. Uh, uh, these damn dogs. I'll turn around and uh, 
I guess I'll see Finch. Yeah, Finch, still. you basically like put the body of the dog on the ground. So I keep stabbing at it with a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Get this thing off of me! And I'll run over and try to help pry the, jaw. the jaws. Yeah. Okay. Have I started to actually stab it now, though, that he's dead? Can yeah, now that, that I'm he's piercing? dead, you're just like piercing <laughs> this dead dog's body into the ground. Sweet. Uh, give me a strength save, Keth, to try and unlock that jaw. Eight. <laughs> so you go over and try and like figure out how to fit your hands on like in the mouth, but like with it clamped onto the forearm of Finch, you can't really find the grip, and you're just pulling at it, but nothing. Your hand just keeps slipping out of its mouth. Ugh, it's so slippery. I'll uh, assist. <laughs> give me ah! a, give me another strength check with Astra assisting. Check or save? Uh, check. We'll do athletics, actually. Crit. Okay. So, yeah, you get so <laughs> frustrated, you just, like, Astra comes over to help. And then, like, as soon as Astra touches the dog's head, you just rip the fucking mouth completely open, and the jaw is just loose from its head. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm sure my arm's just, like, gnarled and blood starts squirting everywhere. Cool. I just, just want to be watching from the car. <laughs> <laughs> Toss it down and wipe all the slime and acid or whatever the fuck it I'm is off. I'm just crying. <laughs> I wanted to inspect the dog's feet. Okay. Yeah, it's basically got uh, three toes. Mm-hmm. Like if you did spot cans. Okay. They seem pretty flexible and long, but there's like large claws in them at the tips of them. Right. So this is how they're they're gripping and climbing up yeah. the walls and stuff. Hmm. Hey, Finch. Yes. C- come over to me. Okay. I'm going to slowly get up. Okay. Uh, gather my other arrow that I assume is, I mean, bolt that is on the ground. Yeah, you gather the ones that aren't destroyed. And uh, I'll limp over to uh, Dorif. Were okay. any of them destroyed? Yeah, one, one was in the Christmas. Oh, oh shit! Oh, thanks, Astra. Whoa! <laughs> As I'm wiping together. vomit from my mouth, <laughs> <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> I'm gonna go. reach my hand out. Come, come closer. I can't come touch you. Come closer, child. <laughs> to the edge. I'll start to reach out a little closer with my like super haggard-looking arm. I still can't reach you. <laughs> okay. Closer. I, I'm officially gripping the side of the cart. <laughs> I can't come any closer without getting in, Dorothy. All right, I'm going to put my hand on his shoulder and, like, bring him in. <laughs> <laughs> Not, like, bring him into the cart, but, like, to where, like, my, our faces are, like, together. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, Dorothy makes things better. Cure wounds. You get nine. You're now on top of these vines. When you look around the area, you see that the vines are kind of growing up the wall where you're at, not like down the cliff, but the wall going up above you. And give me perception or investigation checks. Eight. Eighteen. Fifteen. Eleven. Is this when I get disadvantage on? No. No. Uh, Ten. Kath and Doroth, you both realize that the vines are kind of growing into like a crack in the wall and they go in deeper into the mine. Hey, it looks like all the, the vines are coming from up there. Hmm. How high up is it? Uh, about 20 feet. How big is the, the crack that they're going into? Uh, Probably like four or five inches. Okay. Hmm. I'm cold. Is this the only crack that vines seem to be coming out of? Yes. Interesting. 
I wonder where they're coming from. I don't know. <clears throat> I'm cold. Uh, we heard you. I'm cold too, Dorth. You want some more bourbon? I have a broken leg. Yeah, drink this vapy wine pinkle. It'll make you feel better. I'll offer it out to him. I will hold on to it, but I'm not going to drink from it yet. Okay. So when you start to plan your next movement, you realize that the vines are growing all over the minecart track. Hey, wait. How are we going to push me along this track? Hmm. That doesn't look good. How far back do they go, as far as we can see? Oh, yeah, like they're like this. Uh, basically, there's a widened out area on this cliff. You don't know what it was used for back in the day, but it's about 60 feet from like the quarry edge to the wall. And this entire circular area is just covered in these vines. So you're at least a 60 foot gap from one side of this area to the other of vines draping over the minecart. I command you to cut these vines from my, my track. Well, hold on, hold on. Um, I'd like to kind of walk up and just see if I can wiggle slash pick up and or move a vine without creating disturbances. Okay. So you go and you start like pulling at a vine and you can tell they're pretty much latched onto like the ground itself. Kind of like how vines and the woods would kind of latch onto like a tree and you'd take some strength to pull them off. But yeah, you can't pull one off and it doesn't seem to affect or disturb the area guys i think we can do this a much smarter um way without disturbing whatever this is attached to um think just of, slowly pry these things off think of it though like doing yard work so it would take about it would take some time to kind of clear the whole area that way well i have a question okay would it be possible like just this area of the track is covered in vines right Mm-hmm. So would it be possible to, like, circle back around the quarry? Well, whenever you came to that entrance of the quarry, you realized that the track oh, that's right. forced the, the cart to go left, and you didn't see a switch or anything to make it go right. Yeah. I mean, we can probably assume that the track's going to end at some point, so we might want to go ahead and set up another situation for Doris. I mean, I could tie my poncho to make kind of like a sling, and you can just... Be like a baby, <laughs> like a, a carabiner, not carabiner. Are you making There's fun a name of me? For it. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just saying since you're so small, you know, it might be more comfortable than the, and you'll be warm because body heat. I like the cart. I want to bend down and you know, like behind the cart and just kind of test the strength of how heavy this cart is. Does okay. it lift off the ground? If I can, I lift it at all, even with Dorth in it. Okay. Give Which me a. Uh, doesn't really matter because. Give me an athletics check. Dave. Twenty-three. Uh, yeah, you successfully lift it up. You think it? You think it's about one hundred fifty pounds? Okay. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you doing? Uh, I think I can. I think I can lift this up and just carry you across. Astra. Can I cast fly on an added? Inanimate objects. Um, I don't think so. I think that would be like telekinesis. Okay, mm -hmm. fine. We could just pick it up. Yeah. How how far does it look? Can we see the end of the vines, or is it? Just... Yeah, you'd have to carry it about sixty feet. Okay. Sure. With all of us holding aside, we might be able to do this. Yeah. I don't need no help. I'll try to lift it on my own. Okay. <laughs> It's very large. Crit. Okay. Yeah, dude. I don't need no help. I don't know what the fuck you were saying. He's over his head. All right. So you, you, a couple squats. you start to kind of like 
you get down on your knees behind Dorothy, basically, and you start just kind of pulling it onto your back, and you're doing the Atlas statue with this <laughs> cart, basically. Uh, Dorothy, give me a... Uh, a- acrobatics check to keep how, your balance. How the fuck I'm doing any acrobatics? I mean, you're just kind of holding on to the cart, but okay. it's balanced, so that acrobatics. That be a t-shirt. <laughs> 14. 14? Okay, you, you hold on to the cart as hard, as tight as you can, and Kath, you just like one step at a time and just this like mm-hmm. really rocky mm-hmm. ride for Dorth, just take him across the vines and then lean back and just let it fall back into place on the cart. Every like time, on the track. every time he takes a step, I'm gonna be, ow, ow, <laughs> ow, ow. <laughs> and now you have the cart on the other side. Uh, easy peasy. <laughs> that I gotta wow. say, Kath, that was impressive. Thank you. Onward. So on the other side of this area where you fought the dogs, you find that this is the room that Felomir has told you about, or the area on the cliff that Felomir told you about, where there's two tunnels. So with the two tunnels, you have basically a left tunnel and a right tunnel. Which the, um, the tracks lead into both. Well, my inclination again is to just keep hugging the wall, but I will also say that if we take this left tunnel, it does seem like that's where the vines will be going. So we might end up uh, finding more and or what could be at the end. I say we take the left tunnel. I want to know where these vines are coming from. All right. So, I mean, this is not where the vines are coming from. Mm -hmm. This is where they're kind of like stretching into this area. So this, if anything, this is where they're ending. But uh, you kind of, you walk down the left track, the left tunnel, and you walk for about 100 feet or so. And then you find that it has been collapsed. It's a dead end. Damn. How anticlimactic. <laughs> well, let's go to the other tunnel. So you push back and you head back to the right tunnel. The correct tunnel. So you head down the corridor. It kind of takes a bit of a curve to the left. And then it starts to open up into a room. The long corridor opens to a large room that has been deeply excavated. The roof of the room, for those with dark vision, can see is about 60 feet high. In the area you briefly investigate, there are sections that have not been excavated to prevent collapse of this large room. The walls glimmer with a frosty shine from Doroth's lit drumstick. Looking at the walls, it looks like this is a rich vein of iridarium. And you can see chunks of ore in the walls that have not been pulled for the mining process. As you walk around the room, it almost works like a small maze. There is old scaffolding reaching up towards the ceiling of the room, but none of it seems to be very sturdy due to its age. Felomir, on top of all of the magic on the walls from the iridarium, you find a specific glow on the other side of a wall with that's glowing orange. You start to move into that direction, all of you together, and the tracks for the mining cart are just kind of spread throughout this entire room in like a weird circular pattern. But it starts that glow starts to move as well and passes out of your detect magic range. Then all around you, almost echoing through the mine chamber, you hear a deep exhale as a shadow moves around you steadily in the dim light. That wasn't my imagination, right? I don't think so. Are you, are you okay, Keth? Are you just really tired from... Uh, that, w- that wasn't me. Uh... Whatever the shadow appears to be is trying to speak to you. I'm going to decide to be useful. Okay. I'm going to use comprehend language. 
Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, what languages does everyone else know? Uh, under common. Common orcish. Elven orcish and gnomish. Mm. I know common and gnomish. You got common, high speech, and sylvan. Okay. Yeah, so no one understands it, so you're casting comprehend languages? Yes. Okay. So you realize that he's speaking in deep speech, or is that what it's called? Yeah, deep speech. This is like Dark Souls. Oh, shit. Okay. Osakanji Malatanki Falorn. You uh, hear that after casting the spell, and you realize what he's saying is, Was it you that attacked my lair? Uh, it wasn't me. I have a broken leg. So you can't speak it back, right? No. So you start speaking in common. He says, Ah, common is needed, I see. I learned common from several of my victims. I can communicate this way if needed. And he says this in common? He does. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. So we don't see like a physical being. No, you just see this shadow that's kind of like 50 or 60 feet away that is in the dim light and it's just kind of casting a shadow on the ground. So you don't see an actual shadow tall. You just see the shadow on the ground. Oh, how accommodating. I appreciate it. Well, I, I w- it would be rude for me to not introduce myself. It would. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, my name is Doris. This is my band. And we're just going to get out of your way. I am Andodel. That's a pretty day. <laughs> Named after our Patreon donator, Andrew Odell. Oh. Thanks, dude. Oh. Hooray. I have ventured here from a far land. Oh, really? Which, which land? It's called Velm. Uh, <gasps> do you know Velmir? Velmir is my master. Uh-oh. He is the master of all of the abyss. And we all would not exist without Velm's essence. I have a question. Yes? Why hasn't he been answering my messages? I can't answer that. Maybe if if you say that you're with, um, I'm sorry, what was, what was your name? Endodel. Endodel. <laughs> um, he might respond. You know, I would, you know, I wouldn't, I would, hold on. You know what? That's a great That's idea. That's a horrible idea, and I recommend you don't do that. Why? Why? Do you really need me to explain that to you right now? Yes. You Just said. don't. Just hold on, hold on. A- Andel, right? Endodel. Endodel. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to be intimidating when you have to keep repeating your name to common people. <laughs> I will say with my awakened mind to Doroth, if you message Velmir, he may have this guy or thing or whatever attack us. Fine. Fine? What's fine? Well, this magnificent cave you have here. Yes, very fine. Love what you've done with it. Well, I have found it. What are you? You do not know? You must be younger than I thought. Or possibly extremely naive. No, Felomir is very old. Or stupid. He's the smartest person I know. Are you an elf? Svelomir's an elf. I once was an elf. Sounds like the beginning of a song. It sounds like the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Have you guys met? I, I, no, we haven't. Well, I mean, you could have forgotten. I mean, you are very old. 
How old are you? Me or the elf? Uh, what? <laughs> you. Just about 150? But your world is interesting, Asus, that is. I dream to see more of it. Will you allow me a taste? I'm not... Uh, um... Any of you? What are you asking, you, exactly? Do you want a tour of Asus? Yes. Just a taste. I don't like of your Asus, wording. not us. So that's a no? Right? That's disappointing. Can you you want to step a little closer so that we can see you and maybe this is more... I don't know if that's time yet. Personable. Listen, if you want to taste something, I've got some rations you can have. I'm kind of hungry, too. We can just sit down and and eat. I don't know if rations would, would do me good. I'll give you a taste. Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, give me an intelligence... Give me an intelligent saving throw, Dorth. 21. What have I done? (laughs) (laughs) Doroth, you take 10 psychic damage. You can actually feel him trying to infiltrate your mind. The DC allowed you to stop him from taking any of your memories. Oh. But you still take the psychic damage. Whoa, what? What the fuck? What are you doing? You said I could have a taste. I pictured maybe we could take you on a walk or like, I don't know. What are you doing to me? Look, I'm hungry. Have some good berries. One berry fills you up for the whole day. (laughs) So you said Velmir is your master? He is. He sent me here on a mission. How long have you been on Asus? It's now pushing a century. How did you get to Asus? Ah, what a good question. You can thank the Guardians for that one. Specifically one. Annette allowed me here. With his contamination of darkness and aces, he interlocked the void in the abyss, allowing me finally to create my new home. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I just got out of my funk when he said that. So, you wouldn't have anything to do with the whole... the, the arcane well, would you? The arcane well? Is that what you're here for? I mean, may, I mean, I, maybe. I don't... Yes. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> That's a journey for you. I don't know if you'll make it. Do you know where it is? I do. Will you tell us? No. Not without a sacrifice. What kind of sacrifice? Listen, my children are hungry. I'm hungry. If you sacrifice one of yourselves, I will spare the rest of you and tell you where the arcane well is. I mean, we could probably make enough good berries for you and all of your children that would suffice you. It's your bodies I need. Um, why? why? One of you will have to die to make the sacrifice. And if we don't? Then I will take all five of you. (laughs) That's not a deal. All right, with that. (laughs) Doris, call Velmir. (laughs) <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna call your boss. Gonna, I demand I, to speak, speak with to your the manager. Your manager. You see a ripple of energy emit from the shadow, and a high piercing sound disrupts your hearing. You cover your ears, but this appears to have no effect as the sound penetrates your mind. You look back to the shadow and see a humanoid dressed in black robes with a metal breastplate covering his abdomen. His robes are lined with sharp metal. 
Tentacles flare from his withering face beneath his nose and dance around as this psychic attack envelops your mind. He is hunched over with his right arm outstretched to you and appears to be frail and weak. His hands have sharp claws and held to his side. His left hand holds a wand that has that orange glow from your detect magic, Felomir. Everyone give me intelligence saves. Uh, 17. 15. 15. 7. 3. Felomir and Finch, you both take 9 damage. Now give me initiatives. companions we're winding down this arc we have maybe two or three more episodes before we get to the end this is turning out to be a long arc that may break into double digits i hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have i want to take this time to thank our new patreon donator sam moore who joined us a couple episodes back thanks to all of you who have been sticking to the donations that have been those that did not know i am starting to release sneak peeks on the off weeks to give you a little taste of the episodes to come So if you can't wait for that two-week release, you should take a dive into our Patreon for that extra bit of content while you wait. And we're working up some more ideas for the Patreon account, so if you are able, really consider donating. And just like the Mind Flayer and Odell that you just met, your name could be one of our NPCs. I also want to take the time to thank a friend of the podcast that recently dropped us an Apple Podcast review. Richard Harris, a.k.a. Daggett B, came through with the review to bump that number up. We are about to have more episodes than reviews for the first time, and that's just weird to me. It's kind of been a secret goal of mine to always keep more reviews than episodes. So if you haven't rated or reviewed our podcast on Apple Podcasts, please go do it. It'll make me feel awesome. All right, let's get back to the episode. Hi, I'm Drew. And I'm Landry. We're the hosts of You Simply Must. You Simply Must? What's that? It's a comedy podcast all about sharing things that we love with each other and sometimes with the guest. TV shows, food, games, movies, whatever. That's right. Think of it as Oprah's favorite thing, but weekly and with more segments specifically designed to gaslight the other person. We release new episodes every Wednesday. You can find the show on iTunes or at yousimplymustpodcast.com. Hey, person hearing this ad, have you ever listened to our show? No. You You Simply simply must. Must! Are you a lifelong fanboy, a new nerd, or are you just clueless and curious about all the comic book movie buzz and want to know more? Then tune in to Between the Cons, the twice-weekly podcast for Life Between Comic Cons, where Chris and friends discuss nerdy news. Why is it always Chris and friends? We have stupid nicknames that you made up for us. I'm going to start calling you Dr. Big Boy Pants. Where Chris, Chris 2, MF Dane, Mr. Naughty List, the Wonder Twins, Masterman Drabo, the Ginger Giant, and the Outlaw Steve Jr. Thank you. Discuss nerdy news, review movies, and dive deep into the big topics that encompass our fandoms. Subscribe today on iTunes and Google Play at BetweenTheCons.com. The Mind Flayer launches forward and attacks you, Keth. An attack, like his tentacles try to wrap around you, but it's a nine, so I'm assuming that it does not, is not successful. Nope. Uh, after the Mind Flayer is Dorth. Is there an echo in here? Yeah, there is an echo. Okay. I'm going to do a vicious mockery. Okay. Of the Mind Flayer. Okay. I'm going to be like, uh, 
You think that you're in charge, but you're just a middleman. You think you're hot shit, but you're just a Doroth fan. Hello. Uh, wisdom save, right? Yes. 19. 19 on the wisdom save. Sure. After Doroth is the Mind Flayer's turn again. Damn. But this time, he kind of like pushes wind towards you, Keth, and just kind of backs up five feet. And then give me a strength save. 13. You start to lift up into the air. <laughs> Keth, you float higher and higher into the air, and you're about 30 feet in the air now. <laughs> Get me down from here! As he starts to lift you in the air, Keth, he starts to mutter some words and kind of wave his fingers at you. And as you kind of raise, his arms raise with you. And he says, Oh, God, God. I love that ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Gelato. <laughs> <laughs> After the mind flare is Astra. So what could I do that actually affects this thing, Dave? Whatever you want to try. Uh, I'll do Ray of Frost because okay. I don't know. 14. 14 is a miss. It just barely misses, though. It kind of hits his robe and just kind of does nothing to his actual body. Cool. After Astra is Keth. I'm going to yell, get him, Keth. Just <laughs> because I don't know. Um, Why not? What? Uh, Go team. Woo, 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 woo. Let's smoke this fool. Are the walls like smooth? They are, but they're about they're twenty feet away. from you. I'm gonna hold my turn, but I'm gonna yell, "Get me down from here!" Kath is holding his turn. That moves us on to Felmer. All right. Is he continuing to rise, or has he stopped? During this turn, he's continuing to rise. I'm going to cast Dispel Magic. Ooh. Haven't seen that before. What'd I do? I would imagine. It dispels. <laughs> magic? <laughs> magical effect. Choose any creature, object, or magical effect within range. Any spell of third level or lower ends automatically. Anything of fourth level or higher, uh, I'm making a spell casting ability check, and the DC is 10 plus the spell's level. That's a pretty cool spell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, roll it. Okay, so it's higher than third level? Yes. I fail. Okay. 13. Uh, yes, you do fail. Uh, you feel like a little tingliness about you, Keth, on top of you being lifted into the air, but it seems to have no effect. Finch. Um, how far away is the bad guy from us now? He is about 15 feet from you. 15 feet? From you specifically, yes. From me specifically. How far is, I guess, Asher the next closest person then? Felomir's closer. He's about 10 feet away. Okay. Doroth is going to be the furthest on the ground away, being right behind you, and then Keth is 30 feet in the air. Okay, well, (laughs) all right. I am going to use Spike Growth, and it is 150-foot range, 20-foot radius. I'd like to do it so that it doesn't happen to us. Okay. And uh, it's 2d4. All right, so you position the Spike Growth basically underneath just the Mind Flare, and you you make sure that it's like underneath... Not underneath any of your friends, including Keth if he falls. Cool. Does he do anything? Like, is there like a DC or? I mean, I don't have that. All, that's all I have written down is what I told you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a concentration spell. 20 foot radius of ground is covered with spikes and thorns. Creatures within the area and entering it take 2d4 piercing damage for every five feet they travel through the area. The area is camouflaged to look natural. Creatures must make a perception check to notice the thorns before entering it or avoiding it. So no save. Nope. 
And so I don't need to roll? You roll damage, but you don't need to roll any kind of attack now. It says okay. when a creature moves into or within the area. For every five feet they move, they do it. So if he stands still, I would think it wouldn't. And that uh, takes, like, so that's like a level two, so that takes two health from me, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. After Finch, we're back at the top of the order, which I'm is going to take my turn Okay. I said, get me down! Rage. Through my turkadal face growl and pull out a throwing axe and throw it at his face. Cool. All right. 24. That's a hit. Seven. You take a throwing axe from your bandolier basic kind of thing? Is that how you have it? I think I just have them in my backpack. Okay. So you take a axe from your a hand axe from your backpack and you just sling it out from your back overhand and the axe swirls and whirls and then hits the mind flare in his left shoulder and just kind of impales and then bounces off after Keth is back at the order which is going to top of the order which is going to bring back the mind flare he does not hold his telekinetic grip so you fall Keth oh, shit. you take a d6 for every 10 feet so that's going to be I could do a reaction of feather fall if I get a reaction what's the casting time of feather fall I don't think it's oh yeah one reaction is it? Um, up to one minute, up to five fallen creatures, 60 feet. If you want to do that. Okay, yeah. If you want to ca- take the reaction to do it. Yeah, I'll cast Father Fall. Okay. So, Keth, you slowly start to fall back down to the ground. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> then the Mind Flare takes his wand and kind of just does like a little twist with it and points it directly at you, Finch. 20 for the attack and 21 for the second attack. Yeah, no, you easily got that. Okay. 13 psychic damage as this wand kind of just twirls in his hand and he doesn't really, you don't see any kind of ray or anything. It's just you feel in your mind a piercing pain as like this high-pitched noise happens, basically giving you a really terrible headache. Ouch. After the Mind Flayer's Doroth. Yeah, I'm going to cast Cure Wounds on myself. Okay. Doroth makes things better. And that's I'm going to cast that at second level. Cool. So how much do you heal yourself for? 17. So after Doroth heals himself, the Mind Flayer then reacts again, and he disappears. But then you see him reappear almost right next to where he was as he takes damage going through the spike growth. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hello, uh, bitch. <laughs> give me, is it 2d4 for every five feet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seven damage. All right. And that will be his turn. <laughs> uh, he walks out of the spike growth and stands right next to you, Felomir. After the mind flare is Astra. I'm going to step forward so I don't hit anyone and have a direct shot to the mind flare. With... Like a melee attack or a ranged attack? Ranged attack. How far away is it? He's about 10 feet from you to not go into the spike growth, and then, or do you want to be further than that? I mean, I might step back a little bit, but basically I just don't want to be in range of anybody else. And I'm going to say, eat this, and cast a level 3 chromatic orb of poison at the mind flare. So yeah, give me a spell attack with your chromatic orb. 22. That's a hit. So you're doing it as a level three? Yes. So 5d8. 
21. A little ball of like this green poison kind of shoots from your hand. You see it grow as it travels further towards him, kind of pulsing a little bit because of the power you put behind it with your level three slot. And then it impacts his chest and just poison sprays all over his body. And it kind of goes into the tentacles itself. And you see him kind of rear back in pain and goes, Yeah, how does that taste? (laughs) Bone apple tea. (laughs) I forgot that you said to eat this and then I made made the poison go into his tentacle face. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, After Astra is Keth. All right, so I'm going to uh, move around the opposite side of Felomir, uh, away from the spike growth, and charge at uh, the Mind Flare and hit him with my shield. Okay. First of all, I'm trying to knock him prone, as I'm one to do. Crit! Woo! Man, that's nice. my third or fourth one tonight. Right. Yeah, that's a 17 for his strength anyway, so. Now I'm going to start bashing him. Okay. So you're knocking him prone, you said? Yeah. Okay. The first one's 15. Second one is 17. 15 and 17? Yeah. The 15... Oh, shit. I got advantage. Advantage, yeah. Stomach. I was about you to do. ask. Well, I'll keep the first one because I missed that. Well, one. no. What what was the two rolls? 15, 17. Just consider oh, the okay. first one yeah. 17. Seventeen's cool. a hit. 13. Okay. Uh, 17 hits. The 13 does not. And this is with my Mace of Turning. Standard damage? Yeah, standard damage. Okay. Yeah. 11. All right. Yeah, you take your Mace and you hit him once after knocking him down to the prone. And, like, you hit him but it doesn't seem to impact him hard enough, and you get so mad that you just bring your mace back and hit him again right square in the back, and it does he does kind of like growl in pain, basically. Cool. And for Kethis Felomir. I'm going to cast Shillelagh. Okay. And that'll be your turn? And that's my turn. All right. Finch. I'd like to uh, position myself with, like, the cart in between me and the bad guy. There's, like, some cover. And then I'm going to make good berries and then stuff them all in my face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you uh, run behind the cart using Dorothy's as cover, basically, and uh, conjure some good berries into your hand and just stuff them all in your face. Mm-hmm. How does that taste? <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. After Finch, we're going to go back to the top of the order, which is the Mind Flare. The Mind Flare stands up. Kath, you get an opportunity, or actually the both of you get opportunity attacks. Yeah. Uh, Finch bitch. and Felomir. Or no, I'm sorry. Felomir and Keth. 19 for me. 13 for me. Uh, the 13 is a miss. The 19 is a hit. 13. So he dodges your shillelagh staff, and in his dodge, he like turns his face just into Keth's hit and uh, kind of twirls him around a little bit and then as he comes back and faces y'all he puts his hands out to both of you and attacks 18 for you Keth that's a hit and 22 for you Felomir that is also a hit Keth uh, lightning shoots from his fingers and hits you for 10 shocking uh, electricity damage lightning damage Uh, 9 lightning damage to you Felomir as his other hand does the same thing and then, Dorth. I want to turn around to Finch and whisper to him, push me closer. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going to delay your turn, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay. Uh, the Mind Flayer then attacks again for a crit. Mm. And I'm going to say that was left or right, so we're going to say, Keth, that crit was on you. 
And then 17 on you, Felomir. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the shocking grasp again. 13 lightning damage. Okay. And then another 10 to you, Felomir. Ow. I'm sizzling a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to go to Astra. Since that uh, chromatic orb seemed to be pretty potent, I'm going to do that again. I'm going to do a level 2 chromatic orb of poison at dude. 10. 10 is a miss. The poison orb just flies overhead and across the room very far away because this is a very large chamber. Keth. It's your bash. All right. Crit. <laughs> God damn. 15 for me. So go ahead. If only it was my attack that I critted on. <laughs> Crit miss. <laughs> on the first one. Not even going to. Wait, you get roll. advantage. Does that, does that matter? You've knocked him prone. You get advantage. Yeah. Okay. I thought if I got a crit miss, I'll just... No. Definitely not. Cool. In that case, 16 for the first one. 22 for the second one. Okay. That's both hits. Cool. 9 and 10. So 19, 19 damage? Yep. You hit him just twice, like square in his forehead, like back to back. And you see his head just kind of, like his eyes kind of roll back a little bit. And he is very close to death. Cool. Felomir, your turn. I'm going to use an inspiration die. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So automatic crit to f- hit this dude in his fucking face. Okay. <laughs> so because it's an automatic crit with a melee attack, give me a d20 roll. Four. It's going to be just a normal critical. So lame. 22. 22. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> you take your shillelagh staff and just kind of like go to like whip it behind your back over your head. And like as you pull it back, the staff just kind of sinks to the edge all the way to your hands. And you just use all of the lever- leverage to bring the staff onto the top of his head. And it just caves in. And the staff goes like all the way through his head to his throat, just caving in his entire head. You have killed the mind flare. <laughs> I'm gonna hit him again. <laughs> just keep bashing him until he's just a puddle of squid. I'm gonna practice a couple times. You have a Canadian accent. Hey, what you doing in my cave, what, eh? What are you doing here, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Little far north for you, ain't it, eh? How, you fiend? <laughs> what light through yonder winter breaks? <laughs> <laughs> Romeo, Romeo, I'm down here, bitch, get the truck! <laughs>